When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. Adam Lambert's going to be here. Brand new album, High Drama. It's a covers album. We're going to talk all about it. Plus, like, I want to talk life. I want to talk idol a little bit. There's so much on the agenda. Uh, plus, today's interview is being delivered to you by GoPuff. Come on, GoPuff is doing it and they're doing it well. Changing the way you and I get things delivered. Electronics, home goods, booze, snacks, whatever you need. Delivered pretty much instantly right to you wherever you are. GoPuff will get it to you. Try them out. Download the app today. Use Zach10 when you're checking out. And you can save $10 off your first two orders. That is Zach10. Use it when you're checking out and you can win. By win, I mean save. Zach10. Thanks. Here's Adam Lambert. I am Zach. That is Dana. We welcome to the studio, Adam Lambert. Yes. Hi. <laughs> I like that you looked around for some. Hello. Where's the audience? <laughs> They're there. Uh, thank you for being here. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it is funny. Like, and we, we were just discussing just substances, alcohol, cannabis. I am like, I don't want to say like I'm recently done with drinking, but it's been like four or five weeks that I haven't had a drink. And I, I'm just reevaluating my relationship with it. Do you know, I, I have a lot of friends recently that are in that same boat. There, A lot of people are like sort of reacclimating themselves to booze. It's weird. Probably because, you know, the pandemic, we were all sitting around doing nothing. I mean, there wasn't much to do. Let's drink. You know, nah, I did get a it. fair amount of that. I did. I did. Yeah. I did a lot of nothing. I did yeah. a lot of vegging. I did same. a lot of, you know, yeah. Yeah. Drinking. Definitely a lot of smoking. Like just still on nothing. Yeah. God, so sad. Some of it was fun. I have to say there was a point where I was like, I'm chilling. I like that. I have no responsibilities or expectations, but then it, then it got old, you know, I, I, after about two months. Exactly. Yeah. But you also put out an album right before the pandemic hit. So that screwed it all up. That was uh, that the beginning of the pandemic was depressing for many, you know, obviously the pandemic was sad and depressing itself. And then, yeah, this album, we literally were ramping up all this, energy and expectation and the album came out literally the week everything got canceled and it was like yeah i had to mourn it it was like a death it was like this thing that i had you know put so much time and effort into just to kind of be just dead <laughs> dead in the water it's but the thing about it is is that i will say like so on a business perspective the, the project sort of died like the campaign died we were gonna i was gonna go on tour i was gonna do all these appearances but the album's still good i still yeah. love the album i'm really proud of it i'm proud of what what was created well so two things because we're here talking about a new project that's a covers album yep so do you feel like this music that was supposed to come out or, or it did come out pre-pandemic but didn't get its shine could eventually one day find its shine. Like, would you ever do a re-release on something like that? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good idea. I mean, I think that it. I do feel really like proud of it as a as a musician. You know, I think it's the most sort of in control of a project I've ever been. I had uh, it was on an independent label, um, so it was that's just really a, cool. It was a different experience than what I've had because I've done studio albums, like studio albums, label albums. Um, major label albums thus far. So it was like, it was a different experience. It was just like a little more free. It was a little more like chill. Um, it was cheaper <laughs> <laughs> um, for that reason. But it was, I don't know. I, 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 I got together with some amazing producers and just got to like explore. So I felt like I had a lot of freedom in it. 
Um, and I got to make like exactly what I wanted to make, which was really cool. What is the transition like going from something like that to a covers album where you do have control, but you des you don't control the story. Well, it's different. You know, obviously the whole major label thing, they're amazing cause they, they, they can pay for some shit. You yeah. know, you, you, you can get, you can get your stuff out there in a different way. It's, it's just a different experience. I think it, there's, there's some compromise involved, but I've had a great time putting this together. I mean, I got signed over at Warner UK. So in London, um, they're, the team there is really chill. They're really sweet. And I think that my experience on velvet, the last album, yeah. working really hard in the studio, more than just the vocals and the songwriting, but I was also like working with the producers more than I ever have. Like, like really in the production. I think that taught me a lot. So when we were approaching this project, obviously I didn't write the songs, but I still got to create this like sonic world. And I still got to use my creativity with these producers based on what I learned. So I, I don't know. I feel like it's all like a forward motion journey. I, I totally understand that. You know because, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the right way to cover a song, by the way, is to make it your own. Yeah. So how do you start that process? And like, also, how do you identify songs that you want to utilize in this album? Right. Cause you're still trying to tell a story. I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, it was definitely like a good challenge when they, when we decided to do it, I was like, yeah, okay. The list was really long. It was like pages. Then I started narrowing it down based on some conversations. You know, my team had some suggestions that we took on and the, the criteria that I followed was like, okay, is it something that I can relate to in my life? Like, can I, could I sing this from my experience? Also, it had to be something I could reinvent like drastically or else it didn't really belong on the album. And then thirdly, it's just like a good song, good melody, you know? Um, I think, and I think sonically what I kind of wanted to go for was rock and like rock and roll, like all forms of it, you know, the rock star fantasy. And, you know, I've kind of, my first album sort of was pop rock and I've done all my queen stuff for the last decade, but I've also explored a lot of other genres and sort of vibes. And I really wanted to kind of come back to my DNA, like fully on this one. Um, and just do all these different kind of rock branches, you know, whether it's more electronic rock or glam rock from the seventies or, um, <sighs> sort of modern pop rock funk, like all these little, like kind of, breakoffs of the genre that's where we went it was really fun it, your billy eilish cover was really great thank you you kind of kept I, I don't know the proper term like cadence or phrasing like you, you kept her like tone is not necessarily you get what i'm saying like you the same way she kind of like uh i don't know it was the right amount of very slightly sane but the most different if that makes any Thanks. sense thank you it was great it, you know she that's what i love about billy is that she's like super understated mm. It's really, she pulls you in, you know, and I, you know, I have a, I have the history of being kind of over the top and really loud and wild. And with that song, I was like, well, we can still make a grand track, but like, I am going to keep it a little more grounded and kind of like laid back the, the approach to it. And also the key that we put it in is a bit lower than a lot of my other stuff, just cause I wanted it to feel a little more like introspective. It, the story applies to you getting For older. Well, that's what I, that's what I love about the song is that I think anybody can relate to that song. Yeah. She was what? 20 when she put that album Crazy. out. Crazy. I, that's I what just I was turned thinking. 41. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I think a 90 year old would feel the same way. Totally. It's a really good lyric. It's, it's really good. So I, I was like, this needs to, I need to do this song. It's really wild. That that's literally what I was thinking when I was yeah. listening to it. And that's, and that's one of the more obscure songs. It's not a big hit. It's not a big single. And that's also what drew me to it. I was like, I don't want to just do the obvious expected thing on this album. I want to like take some chances and surprise people and keep people guessing and challenge myself. You know, not surprised to see holding out for a hero on there, <laughs> but really happy. Very happy. That was my, it's such a guilty pleasure song. Yeah. It's so fucking good. It's so guilty pleasure. And it's God. like, I remember hearing that when I was a kid and just, it's, it's kind of corny, but it's also like Bonnie Tyler's vocal is so good in the original. She sings the shit out of that song. Mm -hmm. And that's what always got me. I'm like, oh, it's so, she's got so much urgency and like power. Um, and 
it's kind of been in like the consciousness a bit. Like it was in that episode of euphoria yeah. <laughs> and I just, I had some friends in that scene and I just, I was like, this is brilliant. The song is so funny. I, and that's the thing, like the album and my whole thing is like, I want to be able to have fun. You know, it's not always too serious and holding out for hero for me is like, it's, it's melodramatic, but it's, it's, it's camp. You know, it is, but it's also accurate. I mean, we all are holding out for that. Someone, we huh? are, we absolutely are, especially in the times we're living in now. <laughs> like mm. where are all the good motherfuckers, you know, like what's going on? Where are they at? Yeah. In so many different areas. Where are they at? Yeah. Where are they at? Didn't you find one? I did. Yes. I found one. I found a few along, along the way over my lifetime. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I also like, I want to be a hero for people sometimes. Like, mm even though it's scary and even though I don't always feel like I deserve it, like I have a little imposter syndrome, but I like, I like the idea of giving people hope and, you know, encouragement and some light, you know, in doing that for others, it does do it for you too. Absolutely. 100%. So are there covers that exist that should have been on this album or could have been on this album that didn't make it? There, I mean, there's some on the list that I thought were cool um, that I'd like to visit at some point, but we didn't like record anything that we threw out because we were trying to kind of be efficient and not yeah. waste time. But where do you start with it? Like, how do you, like, what is the process like? Obviously you, you pick the song, but from there, where, where do you do well, it Well, like, with this album, it was like, I had some producers that I really wanted to work with again, like Tommy English, who I worked on Velvet with. Uh. I really wanted to get back in the studio with him because I had such a nice time working with him. Um, and so that was sort of like the first person I put forward. And that was actually the beginning of the process. We did three songs together and that was the first three that were done. And then I went over to the UK and did the rest over there. Well, are you going for like, do you hear in your head how you want to change it? Some of them. Yeah. Like some of them I knew like, okay, like, um, with West Coast, the Lana Del Rey one, yeah. I was like, I was listening to that song. It's my favorite Lana song. And I was like hearing kind of that bluesy guitar in it. And I was like, oh, you know what? If we like plug this in and make it really like heavy, all of a sudden it's like a Led Zeppelin song. Totally. Like it's kind of like 70s metal. You know what I mean? And so that's, I said that to Tommy and he was like, uh-huh, got it. And we just started jamming on it. And he brought in a great bass player and a drummer. And it was like very organic. Is there any nerves involved with covering somebody else's song? No, I don't think so. I mean, Boy George and I are friends. Um, and I do holding up, for, or I do, uh, do you really want to hurt me on this album? And I didn't tell him I was going to try it until I was done with it. Because <laughs> I wanted to make sure that it was like, <laughs> it was good. And then I sent it to him and he liked it a lot. So I was, I was definitely a little bit like, Ooh, I hope he's okay with it. You know, that's like a really weird thing. Yeah. And, right? and we really drastically changed that one. It's like fully rearranged. I mean, yeah, you, you gotta be a little scared to share that. I was a little, I was, I didn't know. I didn't know what he was going to say, but he's, he's a really honest guy. So I know that if he says he likes it, he likes it. Do you prepare for him to tell you that it sucks? I was hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. and plus I was like, I think this is good. I think we did a good job. You know, have you taken anything from like in bringing breathing? I'm like trying to figure out the right way to phrase it. Like you are queen now, right? Like you are this new era <laughs> of what queen is. And I, I listened to the live album, the, the most recent that came yeah. out. Yeah. Fucking incredible. I was so excited that we got to put that out. So fucking good. Thanks. You should be so proud. Thanks. I am. I, it, it's nice to have something to sort of commemorate the 10 years that we've been working together. You know, something on that you can listen to. I can't believe it's been 10 years. That's crazy. I know. Maybe even, maybe more, maybe 12, maybe 11. I don't know. Something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's, been, been, it's on and off, obviously. Like yeah. we've done a handful of tours and they're only usually about six to eight weeks at a time. So it's not like we're constantly on tour. This is something that's funny, like friends and fans and family, the three Fs. The, every time I'm, I'm like talking to someone and catching up with like someone that I haven't talked to in a while, they're like, Oh, so you're on tour? And I'm like, I'm not always on tour. It's not like a <laughs> consistent, like I'm not always touring. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to. I mean, there's a real pressure obviously in carrying that mantle and keeping it going. Is there anything you like learn and, and from doing that and working with Queen for 
last dozen or so years that you actually apply to covering songs today? For sure. I think, I think if I look back on like from when I started with them to sort of what we're doing now, I think like, I, I think I've grown up a bit, like as a singer, as a performer, like I feel less is more sometimes now, which is something that I didn't quite have as much of a grasp on when I was younger. Yeah. I think, um, in the beginning I was kind of like, look what I can do. Look what I can do. You know, like trying to do every high note, every acrobatic thing I could do with every melody, put new notes in riffs runs. And now I'm kind of like, you know what, if the emotion calls for it, like if there's a, a climax of a song where it calls for that, I'll do it because it feels like it needs some extra juice. But I think as a musician, I'm more like, comfortable just relying on a good melody you know what i mean it's i don't need to do all this extra shit I, I and i think that's something just it's like a maturity thing and a, and a and a comfort thing is it confidence confidence comfort yeah whatever you want to call it it's like t t having some ownership over what i do on stage and and not as n in need of of validation did you know did it take you a while to get comfortable working with queen i'm feeling like in the, it was in your the own? beginning i was pretty like it was intense like i think when they asked me to, to start touring with them i was i immediately said yes because i was like this is a opportunity of a lifetime do you audition or do they just see no, you that we worked to, they um they did the finale of american idol that's right and that's where we met and they just asked after that <laughs> which was like I, I was gagged i was like <laughs> what um and the first couple of shows were like really scary because I felt underprepared. I didn't get that much rehearsal with them. They didn't need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they know the songs. <laughs> <laughs> so is it you it just years. to like a track of theirs that they record for you? Say, say it again. Is it you rehearsing to a track that they record for no, you? No, we or got what? together. I mean, we rehearsed for like a week. Like that's still like, yeah, we rehearsed for a, a week, week and then I did a two hour show in which Elton John was the opening act. Okay. Shut the in fuck the up. Ukraine. This is crazy. Like, <laughs> it's not the Ukraine in Ukraine. Uh, for like the, the very first show we did, it was for like, I think it was for half a million people. Wow. Yeah. It was okay. Crazy. Whoa. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. That's, I was, I was nervous for that. I was nervous. Um, <laughs> is there like a moment in that, like where you realize like, that music it's bigger than everything and anything like, like there's no it's so iconic yeah there'll it, never be another queen you know and it's almost like i knew the queen songs before i knew who queen were yeah mm -hmm. you know like growing up like hearing we will rock you in like a stadium or bohemian raps it's like you know this the songs are so iconic and then it's like as i got a little older and started like this was like in my early 20s i started kind of diving into like going back and like learning about <laughs> bands and stuff. Cause I was all into it. That's when I really understood who Freddie was mm. like later. Now that you've been with the band for 10 years, if you had the opportunity to talk to Freddie, like what would you ask him or what would you talk to him about? Oh man. I'd want to like have a good cocktail. Like I'd want to like sit down and drink with him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would ask him. I don't like, I would want to know everything. I just would pick his brain. I'd want to know like, where these songs came from, what inspired the songs. I'd want to know about like, I'd want to know everything. I would want to know like how he lost his virginity. Like I would ask everything. I would like do the whole, I would ask about his career and his personal life. I would be really nosy, really nosy. <laughs> Is it fair to say that this music, like there could potentially be another you 50 years down the line, carrying the mantle again and keeping these songs alive. That's true. That's crazy. I hope someone does. I mean, they're great songs. I mean, I think the difference is you get to tour with the actual band yeah. in 50 years. It's really nice. Yeah. And they're and they're really cool. They're I've learned a lot from them not only like as a performer and being on stage with them, but also just they've they're very smart. They've been through it. They've they're they're rock stars, you know? They're like the from the golden era of music. Yeah. Like it's kind of like it's such a fantasy. You know, that's the 70s is like my favorite decade musically and it's just Hearing stories, oh yeah, yeah, we hung out with Bowie that night. I'm like, <laughs> so crazy, you know. Do you feel like you're part of the band after all these years, or do you always are you always going to feel like you're just filling a role? It's a little bit of both. I mean, I think it feels like a family. Like we all like we're really comfortable with each other, mm -hmm. and it's a lovely like rapport. But I also am very aware of the fact that like I didn't create these songs. Mm -hmm. These songs existed before I was born. Some of them, 
the 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 fans. I am a guest in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I, re- I, I recognize that and I, I appreciate it. And I try to go into it every show, like kind of with that in mind, because it's important to keep mm-hmm. that in mind, especially because the audience, you know, especially when it first started, when we were at the, at the beginning of this journey, it was like, I was being looked at with some scrutiny. Like yeah. people were like, mm, I don't know. Can he, can he, and that's important to like keep in mind. Cause you don't want to be a cocky asshole mm-hmm. to the fans. You know, it's a respect thing. Um, and it's respecting Freddie and it's respecting their memory of Freddie and respecting the legacy. How do you balance that with making it your own? Tequila? <laughs> a couple drinks? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I It took me a while to kind of figure it out. At the beginning, I was like, Ugh. but it just kind of fell into place, I think. And, and it was, you know, being on tour, it's like, you, you oh, let's do another show. Let's do another show. You kind of get multiple chances to sort of find your footing, you know? So it was nice. How many shows did you do in a week? It depends on the tour. Like a lot of times it's, I don't even know how to measure in weeks. It's usually like you do like what, like 35 shows total over the course of like six weeks. And it's like, wow, something like that. And it's like, okay, you do two in a row and then you have a day off. Then you might do three in a row and you have a day off. Maybe you do one and a day off. Like it's yeah. Have you guys done a Vegas residency? Yeah, we did. You did. Okay. Yeah. We did it at the park MGM. Okay. I was like, yeah, that makes a perfect years sense. Ago. It was really fun. It was like a month. It was really fun. Do you consider when you're singing those songs, do you consider those covers as well? In a way, although I get to play them with the band. So it's kind of like, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's kind of both in a way, but at the same time, like this cover album is me changing like the entire arrangement of songs. Yeah. When, when I'm on tour with queen, it's like, we're doing the traditional as they were mm-hmm. on the record or how they've been playing them live. We're doing it that way. Like OG. Now, when you're putting together your own covers album, does it make it easier that the lyrics are already written or does, is that just another, like, can you focus more on the production in that way? Cause you don't have to worry about writing songs. Well, I think in terms of like reinventing the track, I think it, it takes some of the pressure away because you're the song's already there and you know, it's good yeah, and you know what it is. I think when, when I'm songwriting, it's, it's such an abstract art because you're like, you're working. I usually songwrite with like another person or two people. And it's like, you're, it's like you're slowly piecing together like a puzzle almost that you have in your head. Mm-hmm. But with a song that's already written, it's obviously that part's already done. So yeah, it, it does let you focus more on the way it sounds. For me as a singer, it lets me focus more on interpretation. Um, when you already know a melody, it gives you a lot more, um, I don't know how to describe it. It like, it gives you space to sort of editorialize on something that's already there, mm-hmm. I guess is the way I would put it. As opposed to like, coming up with it from scratch. Yeah. Cause when I do like new songs, a lot of times like the first demo sounds a little clunky. Like it's not as like fluid polished. Yeah. Like even the performance, it's like not as, it's like more, you know, paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. And then the more, you know, the song, the more like in your body it gets and the more natural it is. How many takes will you give these covers in the studio? How many takes? Yeah. Like, and so you get it right. I don't know. I mean, it's usually like you, I like to do a lot of takes when I record. I like, a, I like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> Although I will say, and I will brag that the, the recording of, of West coast is a, was one take. Whoa. Yeah. It was one take. What was different in the room at that moment? I was, I, we had, we had done the other two songs already over the, like the previous week or so. And my voice was really tired. So I kind of thought, okay, let's get our arrangement down and I'll just put a scratch vocal in to, as like a placeholder and I'll come back like in a couple of weeks and we'll, we'll sing it for real. So I was kind of like not bothered and just went for it, you know, and sometimes that's the best. Wow. Yeah. And did you even try to record it again or just... Once Tommy had it kind of stitched together, he sent it to me and I'm like, sounds pretty cool. I don't know if I would change anything. And he was like, yeah, that's good. I like it. Sick. Yeah. Would you be pissed if Lana Del Rey was like, I don't vibe with this? No, it's not her style of music. It's like it, the style is not her style. I, it, you know, I would love, I would hope she would like it. Yeah. She wrote it. It's her song, you know? Um, also, 
whoever writes the song, they're still getting the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, I always wonder the economics know, on yeah. that are not yeah. great, right? Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, did you get permission? I'm like, you don't actually need permission. Yeah. But you have to send the money, you know, totally. they, they, they get paid cause it's publishing. So I was mm-hmm. going to ask about that. You don't need to go to all these artists and ask for approval. You can just kind of pick any song no. you want and cover it's it. Only interpolations or like features that you, or like a, a sample that you need. If approval. you change the, yeah. If you change the song, you have to have permission to do that. But if you keep it as written, like the published song, yeah. Um, no, anybody yeah. can cover anything. Interesting. Yeah. But they own the publishing. Yeah. So they yeah. make all the money. Yeah. So you go mm. into this album kind of knowing it's it's not a not a not an album you're going to make a ton of money on. Yeah, that's yeah, and that wasn't the goal. It was like really, you know, I'm working on another project that I can, I'll get into in a minute, but that that I started after I got over the death of my last album. Yeah. During <laughs> this the pandemic. was like an in betweener. This was this was something. I, so I'm working on this other project that's a lot longer of a timeline, and we got into this year, and I was just like this last year. Um, after the queen tour, it was sort of like, let's just do something to get some music out to fans. Like I want to put something out. I want to sing. I want to release some music. And this was the idea. This was the way to do it. This was to do something quick. Um, kind of feel good. You yeah, know? They're great. Yeah. It's, it's that. I mean, the other project I'm working on is a musical. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. It's, I'm working on this musical. Um, I'm not like totally ready to like, reveal what it's about yet, but I can say it's, it's based on a true story and it takes place in the seventies, which is my favorite mm-hmm. in New York. And it's very queer and very glam and disco and rock and folk and all the music, all the genres of the seventies. It's all sort of in there. Sick. Whoa. Yeah. So h- how do you want to get this out? Is this a stage production? Is this well, a movie? Well, it's going to be a concept album first. Oh, cool. So like b- back in the day, like the, like, like the who, you know, the band, uh-huh. the who they did Tommy, which was like a rock mm-hmm. opera. Totally. And it, you know, it was like a story with different characters, but it was all sung by the band. Meatloaf did the same Meatloaf thing. Meatloaf right? did it. Um, and then also even into the musical theater thing, like Jesus Christ superstar, when that was a, um, that was a concept album mm-hmm. before it was ever a stage production or anything. And they had like singers from bands come That's and sing sick. the parts. So I'm going to release it as like a concept album with me, maybe a couple guests and then the plan is to adapt it for the stage. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's or, really or the screen. Cool. I mean, we don't know. Both eventually. Yeah, everything. Knock on wood, <laughs> knock on that log. Is it a uh, job that you'd want to take on yourself as like one of the stars of the show? If it is- I don't I don't think so, actually. I'm actually having a really good time just creating it. Adam, who think- can play the roles better than you, though? Well, it, that's the thing. None of the roles are actually quite me. It's because it's based on a true story. So it's it's I don't see myself necessarily... One of the characters I can see myself in, but I'm too old to play him. <laughs> it's like me when I was much younger. So, <laughs> isn't that fun though to do something for somebody else, right? Like to do something that's not attached to your. It is attached to your being because it's your baby and it's your project, but it's not. I'm going to perform you, you. the songs on my album. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll be able to perform them anywhere. You know what I mean? As as songs, so it, it's still I'm still creating and still performing it. But it'll be really fun to put it together as a as a musical and be part of the creative team and be part of the the person trying to make the vision happen. I you know, I I've done theater since I was a kid and I love it. Um and I miss it. And I've I've done both sides of I've been on stage and I've directed when I was younger and all this stuff. So it'll be really fun to like go back and sort of help shape something. It's cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. What's the timeline on this? Like, where are you in the process? It's, it's, it, it takes a while. I mean, I wrote during the pandemic after the album funeral, um, rest in peace velvet. Yeah. After we, the, it's the, still alive and you can listen to it all alive. on Amazon music. There's a link in the description that is true. below. It's still a great album. Yeah, I just, it's fucking spectacular. I just couldn't get out there to really share it. Um, yeah. but yeah, there's, um, there's people, you know, pandemic. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. So once that was sort of, the dust settled from that and I got over it. It was, um, I just started doing zoom writing sessions with producers and co-writers. And we, we have about like 20 something songs already. So it's like the score of the musical is sort of like, it's in focus, Mm -hmm. but it's not fully stitched together. Is it your story or 
No, it's a, it's based on somebody. Cool. It's not me. Do you get like the rights? What do you do? Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Life rights. So you just, what do you interview this person? Like what's the process? Oh, the person's like? no longer with us. They've passed on. Got it. So you're just consuming information that mm -hmm. exists about them. I want to tell you all about it, but I can't, I I can't yet. I'm not ready, <laughs> but it's a real, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. I'm, I think we're going to start talking about it soon. Well, soon. You know where to find us. Yeah. So I have a, a playwright that's writing the script right now that, Damn. I'm, that I'm working with. We have a great team. Like the table is set yeah. and now the, it's being cooked. The Sick. Meal. Yeah. And then like you pull together rich people, they produce it, right? There's a whole process. Everyone's on already. It's great. Yeah. The whole it's team great. ready to go. Yeah. Get all those, I'm really excited. Get yeah. all those rich gays to throw in some money <laughs> to produce it for the great. Some high-end gays. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking pull their money for some crazy shit. We see you. I see them shows you put on fucking Broadway. These are some high-end gays. <laughs> <laughs> That's really fucking amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. That's really yeah. Mazel tov. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that the album is done or like that an album is done for this like next year at some point. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm really excited. But by the way, you also gotta listen to this covers project. Can you explain the name to me? Like High Drama. Yeah, but 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 is that attached to the songs? Is it attached yeah, to the Yeah, it was kinda like get? it was it, it's very on the nose. Like it was I was sitting with the the head of the label in the UK and we were talking about sort of the approach that we were going to take in how to cover these songs. And I was like, yeah, I just kind of want to inject them with like some, you know, it's very high drama. And he looked at me and he was like, there's your album title. Done. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good album title. Okay, great. Damn. We're going to try to make the process as low drama as possible, but, <laughs> but the product, but the product has drama. It has theatrics, you know? That's really the goal at the top of this. That, yeah. Of this. Once we, once that, the, the title was picked. I'm like, well, everything has to live up to the name, yeah. you know, it all has to sort of have some drama. Well, that's sort of, I think that's how I approach things. You oh know? yes. This is the fucking first time we all saw you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what people want from you. Yeah. That's and, my thing. And by us, I mean like the world back in like <laughs> when people still watch television. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you watch Do you know it? That was 14 years ago. That's yeah. It's Holy sick. Shit. 14. Yeah. Cause I've been on the radio for like 15, 16, and I remember so vividly watching your season of American Idol and then also watching you blow up. It was Interscope, right? Or RCA? What was your last RCA. Yeah. RCA. I remember, oh my God. <laughs> Jesse Maldonado would parade you properly around New York City. <laughs> These crazy people. I remember so vividly everything that followed. I mean, you had, it was a crazy time, right? It was wild. I mean, the music industry was so different. Oh, back yeah. Then. I mean, it was like, you know, I, I went on Idol. I've been out as a gay man since I was like 18. Fucking right? amazing. And so I was like, I've spent my 20s in LA living it up. I mean, I really got, I did my thing. You know, I liked, I liked to party. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had fun and I was, you know, I like to dress up and go to crazy clubs and all this stuff. And I was in a band and I did all this burning man and all these crazy things. And, uh, then I auditioned for American Idol at 27. And so I had like lived and been mm -hmm. out and proud and I'd gotten over all of my like, you know, any sort of shame or discomfort in who I was. I was like really settled, you know, in my identity. And then doing the show, obviously right at the beginning, there was, um, there were these photos that were leaked of not leaked, but found from a, a social networking from uh, some tri tribe tribe, something of me and my, my ex-boyfriend, like in like full club kid drag making out. And they were like, is this you? I'm like, yeah, it's me. So that, that was the one time I did any sort of press facing thing before the show. These photos have been out. They asked, I'm like, yeah, that's me. What's the, what's the <laughs> is there a question? You know? <laughs> and then I went and did the show. And then towards the end of the show, you know, and while you're on the show, you can't do any press. They don't let you, <laughs> they didn't used to anyway. And so I'm like doing the show, doing my thing. No one on the show is asking me who I'm sleeping with. You know, Ryan Seacrest didn't, you know, <laughs> do you suck dick? No. I mean, he, he, it, this wasn't part of the conversation. It was like, I was there to sing and, and entertain people. So I did. And then towards the end, there was like a entertainment weekly article uh, cover, uh, with my picture on it, which was a trip and it's very surreal. And they were like, we love this guy, which I was like, no, thanks. Um, but they're like, and it, and it may or may not be because he's gay. And I'm like, mm. Oh my God. Like it's a, it's like a, 
it's is he or is anything? And I'm like, this is so silly. Because I'm not hiding. I was yeah. open the whole time with everybody on the set. The producers. Everyone knew. Nah, yeah, it wasn't a secret, you know? It just, <laughs> we just didn't talk about it. I don't know. It's so weird to think about it now because now we know that, like, you sort of have to proclaim where people want you to sort of proclaim your identity for the masses right away. And I guess looking back and I'm like, I guess I could have worn like a rainbow shirt or something. I don't know. I could have done something, but I didn't think about it. How do you see that today? Do you think people should be coming out, should be making it aware to all those around them? I think it's up to the person. I think some people, it's nice to have like examples and heroes and people that are, are bold and not afraid to be who they are. But it's also like up to the person. I feel like everyone's got their own journey with that stuff. You know what I mean? And everyone's got their own things attached to it. Some people have baggage that they need to sort through. Some people have families that aren't into it. Some people have religion. You know, it's like, I think everybody's up to, it's up to them. Does your partying become worse when you get rich and famous? Does my what? Your partying become worse and you're like going out and clubbing and having fun? I think in the beginning, like, in the beginning, I, 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 I went a little wild there for the first couple of years. I was, yeah. I was doing it, but now I think I'm a lot more chilled out. Oh yeah. Yeah. But also cause my 41 year old body is like, you can't do that anymore. I was going to say, you've been doing it since the dawn of time. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the hangovers last a little longer. Like, so, yeah. and like it's physical being on stage, even yeah. if you only do it for six weeks out of the fucking yeah. year, you have to be sort of conditioned. Yeah. Yeah. And also like here in LA, like I've, you know, I was in the nightlife for a long time, totally. both before any sort of celebrity thing. And then yeah. once I was a celebrity, I was in the nightlife and I've done it. I've done it. How did, like, did you enjoy going out in West Hollywood after Every you were famous? Um, yeah, for a little while. And then, it, yeah, I don't know. It gets old. It gets old. Uh. Yeah. When you were first coming out of Idol, did anybody try to turn you into something you weren't? Did they try to say, hey, do this or do this? And you're just like, that's not who I am. Not really try to turn me into it, but there were a lot of like closed doors. Mm -hmm. I think there were a lot of like obstacles. I felt like, I felt like I had been a very expressive person before I got on Idol. And then I got on Idol and I was doing my thing and, you know, still expressing myself probably in a slightly more like palatable way because I was trying to get votes, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess one thing that I, looking back on it now, the one thing that was sort of a blind spot for me was after I got off the show, I should have still been thinking I'm trying to get votes oh. <laughs> for my, in terms of my career. Yeah. But I looked at Idol as this standalone, this game show. That's how I, I was like, this is a game show. This is a strategy. Oh, yay, I go to runner up. Cool. <laughs> and then, oh, and I got signed to a record deal now. And I have a manager and an agent. And now I'm free and I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can. But you're still playing a game. You're st it's still mm -hmm. a game. And people still have to like what you're doing. And I kind of like, I don't know if I was as crisp about that yeah. as it seems to me now. At what point did you realize it was a game? I realized that I wasn't playing the game quite the way I, I thought I should when I did the AMA performance, mm. which was the first, that was the night before my first single came out. I remember that. Yeah. And it was, Oh my God. I remember that. So <laughs> I got in so much trouble. It was crazy. Wait, what happened to that performance? It was, it was, it was the for your entertainment, which is the first single I put out. Great song. Yeah, Dr. And Luke. Everyone was like, it. this shit's going to be a hit. The I, well, label's like, was, this shit's going to be a hit. The thing I had to fight was that one thing, well, answer your, your last question. I think when I got off of Idol, the management company that gets you, they kind of thought, okay, we're going to do our typical like white guy with a guitar type thing. I don't play guitar. Was it Jonathan Shank? I don't know who that is. No. Was it, what was the company? Exactly. Oh, 19. 19. It's still 19 yeah. today. They're really nice people over there. They were so sweet, but they, they're used to doing a certain formula with yeah. people that came off the show and I met with them and I was like, well, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do like top, like, you know, adult contemporary pop yeah. rock. I want to like do pop music. Like I want to do some edgy shit. I want to go for it. And I want to do a combination of like sort of, you know, throwback classic rock things, but I also want it to be like now and dance and all that shit. And so we, that's, that's what this song was. That's what for entertainment was. It was Dr. Luke. It was pop. It was sexual. It was like, you know, the lyrics are very much like, you don't know what you got into. I'm a, you know, I'm not what you think I am kind of, you know, 
it's pop music, yeah. right? And so we did a video a couple weeks before and it was sort of like bondage light <laughs> fashion, you know, it was like sexy club, dark vampire vibes, you know, it was very cool video. And then we had this performance scheduled and I just felt like I had to like be wild. Like I was just feeling it. It was like, this is my moment. I'm on a reward show stage. I had sat there and I watched, a whole, I was like towards the end of the show and I'd seen like Rihanna up there. I saw Gaga, like all these like fabulous, like badass performances and everything at that point was sort of like edgy and dark and dramatic. And, um, I had some dancers on stage and I got a little fresh with one of them. I, you know, got like put his head towards my crotch and then there was a dancer that I like, you know, I think I smacked her ass or something. And then, uh, and then I made out with my bass player. I remember this. And, it was iconic. And it was just like, we didn't rehearse it. It just happened. <laughs> so, is everyone surprised on stage? Well, it kind of like I'm used to, I'm used to like freestyling. Like I like yeah. with music too. Like I like going off script and sort of just going and that's not necessarily what TV likes. <laughs> they don't love it when you do things that they're not ready for. So they got kind of upset and there was like a parent Christian group that called in that was like the children, the children. Um, and I was just like, what, what's the big deal? Like I've seen performances like this for years. You guys are just mad because a gay guy did it. Mm. That's literally why you're it's mad. True. You're mad because there's a double standard. Yeah. So do you regret it in the moment or do you regret it at all? Today? I don't regret it now. I think right afterward, when I realized, I didn't, I didn't regret what I did because I was like, "What's the big deal?" Like, yeah. in principle, I thought I, I had every right to do it, yeah. and I stood my ground and defended myself. And I was like, "This is a double standard." And I remember I got pulled off of Good Morning America the next morning because it was the same network, and they were like pissed at me, so they they yanked me for a little while. And then I did a different morning show, and they asked me about it, and I was like, "Well, you know, like." what about Madonna and Britney and Christina yeah. years ago at the AMA or the VMAs? And what about, you know, Prince, what he's done on stage or Madonna or whatever. And they showed a clip of Christina and Britney and Madonna kissing. And then they cut to my clip of me kissing my bass player and our mouths were blurred out. Like there was sense. We were censored. And I was just like, what, what's going on? Like what is actually going on? And I looked at them. I'm like, well, you've proved my point. I don't really need to say anything else. Like, yeah, that's weird. So in that moment, do you feel your team turning against you? Is anybody standing with you? I think, I think I was a little oblivious to some, I think I, I think I chose to sort of put my blinders up a little bit. Cause I didn't really know how to process what was going on. I get it. You, you know, to, I was right? just like, mm, uh, but I could feel it got a little icy, you know, with certain people, not necessarily my management company, but the, the label were a little scared, you know, because uh. listen, this was going to affect sales, you know, and I get it. I get where they're, that's, that's the business, you know? So they were, but they were still invested in the project and they still, they weren't giving up, but the, the feet got cold, you know, and certain, I think certain, um, avenues like, you know, close the door. You know, there's certain radio people that just didn't want anything to do with it. They canned the song, the song, they like, yeah, I remember that they kind of like, we're about to push it and then just kind of took their foot off the gas and they went to another song, which was probably smart. But uh, that again, like that song is so good. It is a good song. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's a good song. And the thing is, is that now I don't think that would happen. So this is what I'm no. saying is that the times have changed. Mm -hmm. Like look at what Lil Nas X just did. Yeah, yeah but you're a part year. of the reason why like people can do those types of things. Like you and artists that have come before you, not many, but there are a couple that have pushed those bounds and done things that I think, really And, and I think that when people try things and you find out, oh, people aren't ready for this yet. That's what it was. It was just, mm -hmm. not, I don't think the timing was right. Totally. And looking at like Lil Nas now, it's like the time is right. Well, I won't say you, like there are certain big, big, big record executives that compared the two. You, really? Yeah, you and Nas, totally in conversation well, it with me. Was, I, you know, it's funny because no one's ever actually really done that since, on like an award show stage yeah. in America, since that AMA performance. 100%. The first time anybody's like gone for it, which I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited, like seeing that performance that he did, you know? 
and all the stuff that he's been, all the stunts that he's been playing. They're so funny. Mm -hmm. He's so funny. Like, I think he's a, he's genius. Yeah. And he doesn't give a shit. And he's like funny on Twitter. And like, I'm like, finally. And it's a hundred percent him. Like he's such a genuine gift. I've met him. uh, I've met him twice now and he's, he's really cool. Really good. one. Yeah. Really good guy. But as are you, uh, uh, thank you for uh, your uh, iconic moments in culture history and also in history. Uh, a lot of work for, for the queer community. True. I, I, mean, I, I, I joke, will, but it's real. It's, it's, it's unbelievable what's happened since then. Like, I'm yeah, so excited. It's a whole different world. It's, it's so exciting to like know that I was part of a wave. You know, yeah. I wasn't the only one. There was a bunch of us, but it was... I'm really, my, my hand's really like, I'm really. Like, Are you going to vote? Am I Italian? Like, what's going on? Like, what is this? Why do my hands do so much when I'm trying to talk? I should just set them down. I'm very like, what is going on? Um, you know when you catch yourself? I've, that's, I I always hold something here to keep my arms down because if not, I catch myself talking with my hands too I'm much. I'm very with the hands. Yeah. Like, I'm like sign language or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'll hold on. I'm very excited. I was part of a wave. Um. Yeah, it's it's beautiful what's happening now. And it's it's also scary what's happening now in our country. Like yeah. there's a lot of weird opposition. People I, I mean it's a sign that the conservatives are just freaked out, you know, because we're actually like self-actualized and feeling good, you know. Of course they're freaked out, you know. Oh my god. Yeah. But also I do think I really I, 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 I like choose to believe in the best in people and that we have the ability to choose love over hate and acceptance over isolation. And yeah, I I think there's, I think there's a lot of noise, but I think that in general, I think it's really exciting looking at like the, the, the generation coming up. Yes. There's a lot more openness and sort of inclusion and, and I feel like, I feel like people are looking for how they're, alike rather than how they're different i hope at yes. some point i feel like we're doing a lot of like classifying and this identity and that identity but that's necessary to understand like the, the tapestry threads. of what we are and then i think what the next wave will be is like and everyone can be together you know I you're a hundred percent accurate couldn't yeah. agree more and you know i, I dude I have an eye on the present, but I'm very much deeply focused on the future because that's what really ultimately matters. Absolutely. And you're spot fucking on Adam Lambert. Spot on. (laughs) Thank you. Listen to high drama. Listen to all of Adam Lambert's music. Listen, listen to the last album that didn't get enough love. Give velvet love. Velvet, velvet had to wear a mask. (laughs) <laughs> did he wear a velvet mask velvet had to wear a mask you know when it came out it didn't get to full no. full shine you can see her face you know it's so funny i just realized the other day i was getting my nails done i was like oh shit i've been like getting my nails done by the same girl for a while and i really love her years i realize i've never seen her fucking face <laughs> really yes i've never seen it it was so fucking weird i'm just staring at her i'm like damn what do you look like under there? I had that when we were filming the first season of Starstruck in London, that show that I'm, I'm doing a show over there and um, all the crew had masks on the whole time. And then I finally, saw, like we were outside the building and I saw one of the, the, the production assistants that had been working with no, us. You don't know them. And I didn't know who she was. And she was like, Adam. And I'm like, wait, can you go like this? So I can just see your eyes. Like, Oh, it's you. You know, I know your eyes. I know that top half. <laughs> I know that forehead. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know that forehead from anywhere. Oh, thank God we're done with that. <laughs> Listen to Adam Lambert's music. His entire discography is available for you right now on Amazon Music. We're going to put a link in the description below. Final thoughts? Do you think it's possible for a cover to be better than an original? Oof. Good question. It depends on the listener. Good answer. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean... It's like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder thing. Yeah, it's you know? art. Yeah. Because I see you have Chandelier on there. I'm like, how do you ever top see a Chandelier? Uh, truth. That was, Chandelier was one that the, the the label suggested. And I was like, oof, I don't know if I should touch that. Yeah. Because I, I love Sia. She's amazing. Yeah, but you could, you, you did kill it. But also like, that's. I, well, yeah, I was know. like, okay, so how can I make it different? Because it's, it's not as different as some of the other ones. But we were like, let's put some guitar in there and you know, give it some, and I'll wail the falsetto notes instead of singing them in my head voice. I'll give them full voice and we'll just change it up. Sounds what we did. I hope she likes it. I I feel like she'll be listening. I hope so. She's out there. I think everyone's actually been contacted at this point. Oh, sick. Yeah. And we've gotten nothing but positive feedback. So that's good. Fuck. Yeah. And who's going to say no to like your voice on their song. Oh, 
Thanks. I'm sure there's somebody that would say no. no to my voice, but. <laughs> I mean, I did watch you on what was it? Did you do ordinary world on the voice? Yeah. Like there's just some artists whose voices are so good that recordings don't do it justice. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that ever happens to you where you're in a studio? You're like, I I'm better live. Sometimes like, it is better. Sometimes there's a vulnerability that comes across in live that you don't really get in the studio because the studio yes. is so cleaned up. That's what it is. And also there's a, there is a magic that happens when you have a certain type of adrenaline in front of an audience. Mm. It, it gives like a charge to things that sometimes doesn't happen in the studio. Okay. That explains it. It's, it's interesting. It's a mix. Cause some, and sometimes the studios sounds better cause you're relaxed and you're not distracted and you're, you know, in the zone or whatever. So it's a mix, mm-hmm. it's a mix of both. But that ordinary world is such a, like a, an emotional song that like there are, I've noticed in, in live situations when there's people in front of me, I can tap into like some other angle of it somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That performance was. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Feel you. that energy and that yeah. empathy and that emote. Like the, you know? there's something that I got to say, like, I don't know if, you know, I don't even know if I would consider myself like that spiritual of a person these days, but I have been more spiritual in my life and understood it. And, you know, maybe it was the mushrooms, but I, <laughs> I, I feel like when you're on stage in front of an audience, there's a, there's a collective like wave that happens where you can literally feel the audience, like kind of pushing energy back to you and you're putting it back. It's like an infinity yeah. symbol. It's like, it's this like give and take thing that happens where you, you can get them really focused. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's, it's type of magic really. It's like, it's, 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 it's like alchemy. It's this, it sounds very frou-frou, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's real. I felt it so many times that when you're right in the zone, you can like, there's something really powerful about being able to sort of affect that many people at the same time. Is that how you define a good show or a good performance? Yeah. It's all about the audience. I think, I mean, obviously I'm really hard on myself and I'm a perfectionist and sometimes I go off and get kind of stuck in my head and I'm overanalyzing or criticizing myself when you can put that part of your brain to down and let that part be quiet and just be in the moment. That's when it's like mm, the flow. Goes. Yeah. Well, listen to Adam Lambert's music. All of it's available <laughs> for you on Amazon music and maybe you'll go on tour. Maybe we're going to do uh, some like random shows, like scattered shows for sure. Oh, sick for now. Yeah. Well, we'll put a link in the description below so you can go there to find out if there's any shows up and coming in your area. Anything else, Daniel? I think we covered a lot here. Good questions. Fuck yeah. Thanks, Thanks for man. letting me ramble and rant. Literally anytime. You're a great <laughs> guest and we really appreciate you always. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was telling Carlos, who's behind the cameras, that you're a great guest and you're very entertaining. Oh, thanks. So. Oh, and I didn't I didn't say, I was talking about Lil Nas, but I should probably also name check. I'm really proud of Kim Petras and Sam Smith. Yes. Oh, we love at them the both. Grammys. I'm very proud of them. And in general, the, the Grammys, there was so much queer representation this totally. year. It's sick and the ratings were up yeah finally it's great yeah steve lacy was yes. amazing um who else was there that was like oh yeah they're queer too like randy carlisle Brand- i mean it's just Omar like Omar apollo oh yeah i love him, him. Oh, love you it's just crazy what's happened it's so crazy and i'm just so happy that it's that i can like see the change it's special yeah adam lambert thanks Thank for being you thanks for being here thank you High drama, listen to it. Adam Lambert, everybody. High drama. <laughs> Beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Adam Lambert. Thank you so much for being here. Now subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and have a great day. Big thanks to Adam Lambert, big thanks to GoPuff, and a big thanks to you. Be safe, hug your family if you can. Don't go to jail. Just be safe and have a great day. I'll talk to you real soon, okay? By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon.